one more with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between just one more cupcake and just one more kettlebell swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I'm an actor, comedian, and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons who are supporting us on Patreon. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month by going to justonemorepodcast.com and clicking become a patron. We're still just a couple patrons away from our first number of patrons goal, at which point we're going to do a video and it's going to be very exciting. Um, If there's other stuff that you want us to do and you're like, I would totally pay a dollar a month for that, let us know. We're uh, potentially interested, depending on what it is. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know what's worth a dollar a month to you, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Um, so today is another episode in our continuing loose uh, set of, I guess, a series, that's what they're <laughs> called, um, of episodes about different muscles in the body, and today we're talking about Hamstrings. Hamstrings, or hammies, as I like to call them. Affectionately called (laughs) the hammies. Um, So let's start with what are the hamstrings? So, well, I'm really loving these isolated muscle groups that we're doing entire episodes on. I feel like by the end of this, we will have probably tackled... We'll all have degrees in anatomy. We'll all have degrees (laughs) in anatomy. Everyone will have a degree, and we will probably have tackled every major muscle group in the body. Uh, so the hamstrings, it's one of my favorite muscle groups. And, well, Joanna, where do you think the hamstrings are? Um, I think it's the back of the legs. Correct. Back of the upper legs. Yes. Yeah. You are absolutely 100% correct. Um, to be fair, I can do some process of elimination because yeah. we've already done a lot of the other <laughs> leg muscles. <laughs> we've talked about the quads, which are the fronts of your thighs, and your hamstrings are the backs of your upper legs otherwise known as the posterior side of your body um, or the back side of your body. So oftentimes I'll talk about a posterior chain and that's when I'm talking about your hamstrings and your butt muscles and your lower back muscles and your upper back muscles. That's your entire posterior chain. It's funny, even as I said out loud, posterior chain, I just like adjusted my posture. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was slumped over. I was definitely slumping over. Yeah, one of the things you talk about is how um, in our sort of modern lives where we're all curled over our phones or our computers or at our desks or whatever, our uh, posterior chain tends to be weaker because... It's stretched out. Yeah. It's overstretched. Um, uh, Jan uh, Mundo, who was in our headache episode, talks about the C-curve and that's how she describes that uh, tendency of us to, like, curve forwards. Yeah. Oh, she's incredible. She is. Yeah, shout out to her. Make shout sure you guys Jan. listen to that episode. It's pretty awesome. So that's all about headaches, and today is all about hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> but they're part of the posterior chain as well. Mm-hmm. So, the hamstrings. So before we dive into all the functions of the hamstrings, some super basic anatomy so of basic. the hamstrings. <laughs> So remember how I talked about how the quads, the fronts of our thighs, uh, the fronts of our thighs are made up of four different muscle groups because they're called the quads. Well, you'd think the hamstrings is made up of ham. <laughs> it's it's made up of ham. It's just made up of ham. Yes. <laughs> so the hamstrings are actually made up of three. 
So starting on the medial side, and when I say medial, I mean more of like the inner inner side. Mm -hmm. So let's just do this. So everyone, wherever you are, whether or not you're like sitting in your car or if you're walking on the subway or if you are working out, just like take your hand and just like grab the back of your leg. Grabbing it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm grabbing the back of my thigh with like, and we're sitting right now with my right hand. So Joanna, like where you're pointer fingers are or just like where the tops of your fingers are you're Mm -hmm. kind of like pressing on that and it's almost close to your inner thigh but it's still the back of your leg this is the part of your hamstring called the semimembranous okay so that's almost like it it runs up the entire back of your thigh but kind of on the inside of it and now just move your hands out a little bit so now we're talking like we're, we're touching the center of your hamstring or uh-huh. the center of the back of your thigh. And this is the semitendinosus. That's what that one's called. And then everyone just move your fingers out a little bit more. So now we are touching the back of your thigh, but close to like your IT band uh-huh. or close to the close to the, close to the outside of your thigh. And this is the biceps femoris. Oh, so I know. So we have another have a bicep. Our legs too. totally have a bicep. So these um, muscles, they attach from our pelvis all the way down to the back of our knee. And the main function of these muscles, of these three muscles that make up our hamstring muscles, is two things, extension of the hip and flexion of the knee. So what I mean by that is, um, so say we're both sitting right now. So Joanna, just, just stand up. Standing up. And that is hip extension. Yes, right I did so, it, you guys. Yeah, hip extension is, so right now our hips are not extended, so our hips are pretty flexed right now when we're, we're seated, hence why we, we call these things right here hip flexors. Hip flexors. Ah. Um, and then so hip extension is when your hip flexors straighten. So Joanna, stand up again, Whee! and your hamstrings worked to extend your, your hip, and then knee flexion, it's when we bend the, like, the foot all the way to the butt and back. So what I mean by that is even right now on our um, in our chairs, you can see Joanna and I just like wiggling our feet around <laughs> right now. So right now we are in our chairs. Our hamstrings work. If you if everyone, if you're seated, if you're sitting and you are trying to bring your heel in and close to your butt, and it might not because the chair is there. Right. That is knee flexion. And I can feel it. I think it's easier to feel in a way when you're in a chair because you feel the muscle pressing against the seat of the chair. I totally feel it. Yeah. And so there's an exercise out there, and we'll talk a ton about exercises later, but there's even an exercise called a leg curl, and it is essentially you're lying flat on your stomach, and there's like a weight over your Achilles tendons and you're just, or like a roller mm-hmm. over that you're on a machine and you're trying to get your heels and you're on your stomach, you're trying to get your heels to touch your butt. And then, and you can do this without the machine too, mm-hmm. trying to get your heels to touch your butt and then straighten the legs again, getting your heels to touch your butt. And that is knee flexion. And that is another primary function of the hamstrings. Can I just so, say, I feel mm-hmm. like I've never heard of the muscles in the hamstrings. Like when we're talking about muscles in the quads, a lot of those sounded familiar. We were talking about like muscles in the, like some of the arm stuff sounded familiar. I, I pretty much can guarantee you I've never heard the names of the muscles in the yeah. hamstrings and I've had them in my body my entire life. Yeah, same here. Yeah, and in, in the personal training world, we, I would never 
say to someone, now we're working your semi-tendinous, or now we're working yeah. your semi-membranous, uh, you know, and now we're working your biceps femoris. Um, because it's, and it's similar to the quads too, like we'll just say quads. Right. It actually is kind of challenging to isolate each of these muscles, but mm-hmm. it's interesting because what we think is one muscle is actually many different muscles that make up a muscle group, essentially. Yeah. So the quads are a muscle group and the hamstrings are a muscle group. And um, it's so much easier to just say quads and hammies. Totally. That's what Well, it I makes do. me think of, in our abs episode, you were talking about, like, the three different, um, part, like, muscle, the three different parts of your abs. Mm-hmm. And I think of that all the time now when I'm doing ab exercises in my workouts because uh, you and I have talked about, like, trying to get in exercises that work all the different parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also think about the different muscles within the groups if I am foam rolling because um, you want to make sure that you're not foam rolling just one of the muscles in your quads. You want to find the different positions so you can get all of them and stuff. So it is uh, really helpful for me at least to like have you talk about where all the different muscles are so that then when I'm um, like rolling them, I'm like, oh, okay, like I should shift over here so I can try to get to the Mm -hmm. middle and yeah, and we'll definitely talk about ways to foam roll all parts of your hamstrings as well. Foam rolling the hamstrings can sometimes be a little bit trickier than foam rolling the quads, um, but I have some good techniques on how to get the semi-membranous and the semi-tendinosis and the biceps femoris, aka all those three lines of muscle that are running down um, from your pelvis. They attach to like the pelvis bone, so kind of like underneath your butt cheeks essentially, mm-hmm. but your butt muscles, and they... Um, goes straight down and attach at the back of the knee. Nice. So um, the hamstrings just play a really critical part in most daily activities like walking, running, jumping, and controlling also some movement in the trunk because the hamstrings do work so closely with the glutes and the lower back as well. You mean our trunk? Yes. <laughs> I was like, what do they do? What about a trunk? <laughs> our, a our, tree trunk? Our, yeah. our trunks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So in walking, they are really important as um, they're antagonistic, antagonistic to the quads. So what that means is like biceps and triceps. Biceps are the fronts of your arms. Triceps are the back of your arms. It's the same thing with the quads and the hamstrings. They are all antagonistic muscle groups, and they all oftentimes work together. Sometimes when we're doing exercises, one will be assisting the other. Um, And oftentimes when doing exercises, we can work um, both of them all at once. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it starts to matter the things you have said in our quad episode about how a lot of us are quad dominant Mm -hmm. um, and that that's imbalanced. so the other half, or sort of the other side of the quads coin is our hamstrings, right? Exactly, yeah. It's the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so the hamstrings are very important in the sense that um, it is one of the biggest muscle groups in the body. I always talk about the big muscle groups in the body, like our upper back and our chest. Those are like the big muscle groups in the, the body. Our quads, the fronts of our thighs, our butt muscles, our glutes, and our hamstrings those are big muscle groups in our body. So oftentimes when we're training just for overall fitness, um, it is very important to really focus on the big major muscle groups because you do get so much bang for your buck. So example, if I were to just have maybe like 15 minutes and I did want to get a workout in, it would make a lot more sense to maybe do push-ups versus bicep curls. Um, and that's just an example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So r- that this is totally aside from um, talking about the quads and hamstrings. Uh, so just picking bigger muscle groups. So the hamstrings are such a big muscle group, and 
when our hamstrings are treated very properly, when they are appropriately strong and appropriately flexible, it is really incredible how much better our quality of life is and how much, um, how our pain levels are drastically reduced. Yeah. Well, let's talk about pain. I feel like one of the um, times we most often hear hamstrings is when we're hearing about someone who pulled their hamstrings. Mm-hmm. People are always, I feel like dads are always pulling hamstrings. <laughs> I, know. I, don't, I don't know why it's, it's dads so specifically, funny. but um, why why are we pulling our hamstrings? And what what are we actually mm-hmm. talking about when someone says, oh, I pulled my hamstring? Mm-hmm. So that, that is really cute that you mentioned it's, it's such a dad thing. Something about middle-aged men. I don't know why they're so inflexible. <laughs> Society, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, patriarchy. I know. Do you love how I just like generalized yeah. all of that? Um, men, but it's like, not your fault. It's the culture. And, and my poor father, he like, my dad's hamstrings are so tight and so... Um, but I bought my parents a foam roller many years ago, and they both actually use it pretty frequently. And, um, and my dad's really active too, but it's like his muscles are like rock hard. And not everyone had the benefit of growing up dancing like you and I did, where you and I are actually pretty lucky. Our hamstring flexibility is very decent. Another thing I will talk about in a little bit is the different, difference between being overstretched and slightly pulled and just overall flexibility mm-hmm. with the hamstrings. Because one is good and one is bad. <laughs> And, and the, you guess the, which one you is guess which. which one is which. So hamstring strains, hamstring strains. That's hard to um, say. I know it's like such a tongue twister. They are both very common and very painful, and they not only strike athletes. Um, oftentimes, it is very possible to either pull, or strain, or aggravate, or tear a hamstring muscle. If you're um, doing maybe heavy physical activity, if you're a runner, an ice skater, a football player, soccer player, um, basketball player, um, but it is so possible to strain or overstretch or aggravate the hamstrings just in day-to-day life as well. So uh, when a hamstring muscle gets strained, one of the muscle groups within the one of the muscles within the hamstring group gets overloaded. So it means you either did not warm up before exercising or um, the, the hamstrings are weak and the load was too much. So a strain is when a muscle is aggravated. It's when a muscle gets torn, maybe pulled a little bit. And oftentimes I find that people aggravate their hamstrings if they are running too much and uh, and they are running a little too chronically where they're not doing any exercises to strengthen their muscles, but they actually um, aggravate or tear their hamstrings during running. Uh, another thing I see a lot is people who play sports and they aggravate their hamstrings while they're playing sports. Another thing I see a lot, people say they squatted down to pick something up and they felt something go in the back of their thigh um, and that is totally a pull. That's totally an aggravation of the hamstring muscle. So when we when we pull a muscle, and uh, and I've said this before. So uh, if this is if this is repetitive for some of you, you get to hear it again. When we pull a muscle, it means we are already it's already overstretched. It means we are overstretching it. We are 
sometimes ripping it a little bit, sometimes maybe even tearing it a little bit. And hamstring tears are the worst. <laughs> but the good thing about muscle tears is that because blood circulates through muscles much faster than tendons, muscles actually repair themselves quicker than tendons. Um, tendons can regenerate themselves. Ligaments, on the other hand, it's, it's like game over <laughs> so no pressure but yeah. you so, can't regrow so you know you you have a hamstring strain if you have kind of a sudden and severe pain in the back of your thigh during exercise along with potentially a snapping or a popping feeling um, or you have pain in the back of the thigh or your lower butt when you're walking straightening the leg bending over um, if you feel tenderness in the back of the leg or if you notice any type of um, bruising. So another thing too, in, my, in our world, and you and I come from this world of like dance and um, dance and fitness, it is so frustrating for me because I see so many people pulling or tearing their hamstrings because they're stretching their hamstrings at the beginning of a workout. So like Daphne says, Never stress or never stretch a cold muscle. Exactly. Never stretch a cold muscle. So before you work out, before you run, the last thing you want to do is to just like stand with your legs apart and try to touch your toes, which you see, I mean, who hasn't seen someone maybe at like a runner's track? I feel like this is like a stock photo yeah. that I'm describing, right? Like a guy and a girl at like a, on a running track and they're both like smiling and touching their toes. You literally never want to do that. <laughs> Not before a workout. There are appropriate standing hamstring stretches for after the workout, but you never stretch a cold muscle and never, ever stretch a cold hamstring muscle. When I say that statement, never stretch a cold muscle, I'm always pretty much taught, I, I envision the hamstrings. Mm. That's the first thing I'm thinking about. Yeah. So the whole notion of, oh, I'm about to work out, I'm going to sit on the ground and touch my toes, or oh, yeah. I'm about to work out, I'm going to stand up and bend over and try to touch my toes. Um, imagine a very cold rubber band that you just pulled out of the freezer because that's what we're all doing, right? Yeah. We're putting our rubber bands in the freezer. Naturally. And then you pull out of the rubber band, it's going to snap and it's going to break. Now imagine a rubber band that has not been in the freezer and that you've warmed up in your hands. I know you and I have done this like so many times. Warming up the rubber band and now pull the rubber band. So pliable. Stretchy and pliable and that's your hamstring muscle. So before a workout, you want to warm up the hamstring, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But so I'm talking a little bit more about hamstring strains, um, uh, the, the pain is pretty central. Like the pain is, it, you will feel the pain, it, it's somewhere in the back of your thigh, and that's how you know that you have either aggravated or pulled or torn something in the back of your thigh, but fear not, the hamstring will always, it will repair itself. Let me guess. We got to do some rice. Oh, some you know rest. it. <laughs> some, uh, oh no. Ice. Ice. Compression. Oh, I, I got confused because <laughs> ice is already in the word. <laughs> so I was like, it can't be ice. Yeah. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And those are literally the perfect things to do if you do aggravate your hamstrings. So everyone loves that having to sit on an ice pack situation. Yeah, right. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. So I recommend if you do have to ice your hamstring to almost wrap an ace bandage around it, because then you um, then you it, it's able to just kind of like be attached and stuck to your leg. 
So if you do aggravate your hamstring, I also notice a lot of times people when they squat too deeply, they overstretch their hamstring. And sometimes that leads to very like small micro tears. And so when you're squatting, it's important to keep the belly really tight and to keep the, the, the core engaged and to keep your legs tight. And my recommendation for when you're squatting, whether it's jump squats or squats with, a, with dumbbells or just body weight squats, to um, not think about just sitting and plopping into it, but controlling down into it and then controlling up out of it and keeping the exercise out of the joints and in the muscles by engaging them. So that's my recommendation for the squats because I've seen a lot of hamstring strains or hamstrings tears with squats. So those are some common things. And uh, in terms of treatment for any type of hamstring pain, uh, the rest ice compression elevation, icing for about 20 to 35 minutes a night, and then foam rolling is really amazing. And I know I've said this before, but never, if, if something is pulled already, don't overstretch, don't stretch it. You've already stretched it too much. So, um, or in the case of running, so you just took a step and all of a sudden it was like pop or it was like ow or, or ouch, you know, that was overload. That was not so much an overstretch, but that was bearing too much force mm. on the back of the thigh. And that can cause tearing, that can cause strain, it can cause the muscle to spasm, and that's also no fun. So regardless of whether or not it's a strain, like an overload strain or an overstretch pull, so I guess the, the best thing to do is to kind of categorize it into two, those two areas. The best thing to do is do not stretch foam roll and then ice it and give it about like three to six days of rest of just don't do the, what you did to aggravate it. So like don't <laughs> run for a little bit and it'll totally go away on its own. Let's take a, a really quick detour into running because um, you mentioned that this often happens when people are running too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to revisit something that uh, you've talked about before, which is that even really serious runners shouldn't be running seven days a week, right? Definitely. I, I'm going to have to stress this. Um, no matter how big of an endurance runner you are, there's no physical benefit to running seven days a week. There's literally no physical benefit to it. Um, to stay in great shape, first of all, you don't need to do that. And secondly, when you are doing the same type of physical activity day in and day out, you end up breaking down ligaments and tendons and, and muscles, and you end up putting a lot of repetitive and chronic force on the joints in your body. And um, when we run, it's so, whenever we find a physical activity we love, it's so important to find the exercises that counterbalance that, and we call that cross-training. So specifically talking about hamstrings in the world of runners, because this is also like a big part of my world, um, uh, cross-training is critical, making sure your hamstrings are strong enough to support that load that I was just talking about, right? So making sure your hamstrings have the, the, the strength and the build to carry you through your runs. So in terms of a, a good running protocol, making sure that you run a couple times a week, strength train a couple times a week, do whatever yoga, Pilates, whatever it is that you know one loves to do, but then also having adequate rest and recovery days. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So guess what, guys? This is a time we're actually telling you you don't have to do a thing 
all the time. Yeah. In fact, that's bad for you. Yeah. Isn't that kind of nice? Yeah. I hope this is very liberating for yeah, all of you. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That you should not do anything seven days a week. Yeah. Besides, like, I don't know, breathe and drink sleep, water. Sleep, eat. Yeah, sleep, eat. But when it comes to exercises, um, this whole notion, gosh, you hear people, I see some stupid stuff online where, um, <laughs> I'm just going to affirm that right now, where I'll see um, someone say, I did 50 push-ups a day for 30 days, and like, this is what my body looks like now. Or like, I did 200 crunches every night, like every night for 30 days, and this is what my abs look like now, but whatever. Yeah. It's like, you see that a lot, because it's fun content. Of course. Yeah, people love that. Yeah. Um, And it's on, like, I'm talking like popular blogs. Yeah. Which, for the most part, like these big blog companies, or online content, online media companies, I like, love them. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. Um, however, sometimes when they do these like cutesy editorial things, it's bad news bears. Yeah. Because no one should be doing 50 push ups every single night. No one should be doing 200 crunches every single night. And no one should be running for 30 minutes every single day or running for 45 minutes every single day or running for 20. You're, you're going to drive yourself insane. You're also going to get bored. That and we're just breaking down the same muscle group over and over and over again. And I've said so many times that um, in order for a muscle to repair and rebuild, the body makes fitness gains during recovery and rest. Totally. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> oh, no worries. <laughs> the black lung. <laughs> I'm going to... So let's talk about some of the exercises we can do to strengthen our hamstrings. If we are runners and we're doing a cross-training day, or if we're just strength training for overall body balance, and we want to work those ham... Work those hammies! Work those hammies. What are we going to do? So we, as a human species... I would say we are quad dominant. So what that means is throughout the majority of our lives, we as a human species, we are so dependent on the fronts of our bodies nowadays. Everything we do is we are always engaging our quads. We're always bent forward. We're always using our chest and our hamstrings and our glutes get really um, neglected. So uh, the hamstrings, we want to train them so that they are strong because when they are overstretched just from being seated all day long, it means they are weak. And a weak, weak hamstrings lead to weak glute muscles that cannot fire, and weak glute muscles lead to weak lower backs. Weak lower backs cause pain in the entire lower back and the glutes and the piriformis, that whole region. And that is literally the worst thing in the world. And this so many is just people, a nightmare. I know, it's a nightmare. And everyone feels it. Because also, I know you and I don't experience this, but uh, a lot of people are driving all the time. Um, and you and I are pretty lucky in the sense that we, for the most part, are upright. But we... Uh, upright. <laughs> Joanna and I are just we upright. We are upright humans. for the most part. We are upright and we are upstanding. Yeah, but a lot of people <laughs> essentially sit all day. Either mm-hmm. at their desks or at their cars or at their house. Yeah. So... Um, how to combat these, how to combat these seated positions. <laughs> Daphne is scrolling through a website right now that is like a bunch of pictures <laughs> of guys in short shorts with like really <laughs> defined hamstrings. That was really funny. Uh, I, I opened up this brow- this browser and I was like, oh, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, That's I hysterical. wish I could say we'll link to that in the comments, but yeah. we might not. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just saw a lot of guys in Speedos. Um, <laughs> but they have beautiful hamstrings. Beautiful hamstrings. 
I was um, pulling up all like the favorite, you know, my favorite hamstring exercise. <laughs> this one is a huge butt. Addition, yeah, so it's funny because when you Google hamstring exercises, you just get a ton of butts. Butts. It's a lot of butts. So. So look forward to that. <laughs> so, if you don't want to see a lot of butts. I'm just going to tell you my favorite exercises to truly, truly, truly stra- uh, train your hamstrings. Okay, so the first one is the deadlift. This is one of my most favorite exercises to to um, not engage your quads where we can focus on the hamstrings fully. And I'm talking deadlifts from kettlebell deadlifts, dumbbell deadlifts, single leg deadlifts with no dumbbells, barbell deadlifts. I know a deadlift sounds kind of scary. Yeah, it has dead but in it. It has the word dead in it, but the reason why it's called a deadlift is because you are lifting dead weight. That's what it is. So a deadlift move is actually very easy to perform if cued properly. You essentially cue just me up. stand. Okay, yeah, I'll cue you through this. So you're gonna stand with a soft bend in your legs about let's we're just doing a totally unweighted, no no equipment deadlift. So what you will do is you will have a soft bend in your knees. And Joanne, I'm just going to have you place your hands on your thighs. Just place them on the fronts of your thighs. Yeah. So from here, keep a soft bend in your knees. This bend in your knees never gets bigger or smaller. The purpose of the deadlift is actually to keep your legs relatively straight. A deadlift is not a squat. So from here, keeping your back flat, hinge forward from your hips and push your hips back until they touch like the wall behind you. And right around here, and now, so you guys, Joanna is, her torso is parallel to the ground about, and her hands are, like, kind of on her shins. And um, so you're feeling kind of an activation in the backs of the thighs. And now stand up and squeeze your butt. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that's the deadlift. And if you do this again, you can see, no, you can't see people, but Joanna's butt is going back. Her legs are pretty straight. And then she stands up, and then her butt just kind of squeezes at the top. That's the basic deadlift form. The goal is to keep your belly button tight and to feel this in the backs of your thighs. So you feel like a nice gentle stretch in the back of your thighs. And then the work is happening when you stand back up and that's your hamstring contracting to pull you back up. Or that's your, that's called um, hip flexion. Essentially you standing back up straight. I think when I first started doing deadlifts, I thought of the motion as basically, as mostly being about the down and up of my torso. Mm. But the more that I do it, the more I can feel that it's, uh, like my hips being sort of pressed forward when mm-hmm. I'm coming up and feeling that in the hamstrings. Yeah. So it's yeah. both. It's the uh, top of your body going down and up, and it's also your hips going back and forth. Exactly. And when your hips go back, when your body goes down, when your torso goes down, that's how we prevent any lower back pain. Cool. Yeah. So that's uh, the first move. So any type of deadlift. The second one is any type of um, bridge exercise. So the bridge exercise targets the glutes and the hamstrings. And the bridge exercise is when you lie down on your back face up in any way, shape, or form. You can have, you can be holding a dumbbell to your pelvis. You can be, so the most, at its most basic, it's when you lie down on your back face up and your knees are bent and your feet are on the ground and you just push your butt up into the air and you squeeze and then you drop back down and then you squeeze and drop back down. So that's another one that really activates your hamstrings. And then the most, um, like the most important one is the hamstring curl. This can be done so many different ways. Just visualize you lying down on your back 
with your legs straight, but your feet propped up on a big uh, bouncy stability ball. Mm -hmm. And then you push your butt up into the air. And then you kind of bring your heels with the knee flexion, bringing your heels in towards your butt and then kicking your legs out, bringing your heels in towards your butt, kicking your legs out. You can do this with a stability ball. You can do this um, if you have access to TRX bands and you can like dangle your feet up in the air, push your butt up in the air. And then to still do this exact same range of motion, if you use any type of machine, it'll be, it's called the leg curl machine. It's when you're flopped over on your front and you are face down and you're, there's like something over your heels and you're trying to bring your heels to your butt behind you and then down. You can also do this just on the ground, face down. You can literally just like rest your head down on the ground and then just keeping your toes pointed, bend your heels in until they touch your butt and down. And that is a hamstring curl exercise. You so can these pretend are all... that you're like the um, teenage girls talking to each other at the beginning of Bye Bye Birdie, that's so where they're good. all on the phone. Joanna, that's like <laughs> literally the best visual. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're. Hi, Danny. <laughs> Hi, Joanna. <laughs> What's the story? <laughs> Morning Glory. And I'm not singing for you guys right now. <laughs> so um... you heard it here, Ferk. Yeah, Ferks. <laughs> you heard it here, Ferks. You're never singing. So those are the the three moves, but within those three moves, there are like and dozens iterations. of exercises. Yeah, there are dozens of ways. And then, of course, the squat work works the hamstrings. But I would say if we are talking about moves that um, just isolate the hamstring, these are the ones that these are the ones that I would have people focus on. So the deadlift, some type of bridge exercise, and some type of hamstring curl exercise. Um, And then you can absolutely do squats, butt kicks. Those things will activate them. But the first exercises I spoke about really isolate them. Nice. Yeah. Well, so since we talked so much about not stretching our hamstrings when they're cold, um, do you have some suggestions for how to warm up our hamstrings? Yeah, definitely. When it comes to warming up for any type of exercise, the best way to warm up for physical activity is to increase range of motion. So by increasing range of motion, what I mean by that is working through movement, but very gently and repetitively. So for me, the best two hamstring warm up moves to, um, oh, and I can cue you through this one too. Sure, sure. So the first one is toy soldiers. So um, focusing on one side. So Joanna, just kind of like stagger your stance so that one foot's in front, one foot's in back. Okay, so Joanna's right foot is in front, her left leg is in back. Extend your right arm out. Okay, so just like kick your left leg up to your right hand a few times. Just like no big deal. Just like no big deal, yeah. And you can even step back onto the left leg. Yeah, and then kick right back up to, this is called a toy soldier. The toy soldier, and I think it's, the good thing is it's called something, it's called what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. So this toy soldier movement where you're just kicking and swinging one thigh up to the opposite hand is a great warm-up move. And now here's another one. So standing here, Joanna, just balance, but hug one knee into your chest. Yeah, and just pull it all the way in, and now switch to the other side. And just do that like 10 times. Yeah, just yeah. like pulling my knees mm-hmm. up to my chest. You're feeling a nice stretch in your hamstring, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So these are two ways don't to. You. Yeah. <laughs> do you? you? Do right. <laughs> so these are two ways, two great ways to warm up the hamstrings. 
um, to increase flexibility and to draw blood and circulation to the hamstring muscle group. Um, the goal of warming up the hamstring is to do them about eight to 10 times, doing nothing for more than like two seconds. So if you're doing to toy soldiers, just kick the leg up and set it back down. Kick the leg up and you're increasing range of motion. This is called dynamic stretching versus static stretching. We can do the static stretching at the end. And in fact, I can talk about that one right now. So we have yeah. the toy soldiers and then we had the hugging your knee into your chest, just kind of alternating that, maybe doing that 10 times total. That's what I would do and that's what I have my clients do. It's a really great way to warm up and loosen up the hamstrings. So once we're already warm, we've finished our workout. Now we you want work to stretch. Out, say you ran, say you did one of my classes, say you did, you know, I don't know, a spin class. There are some really great um, hamstring stretches as well. So my personal favorites are hamstring stretches where you lie down on your back face up. So the best hamstring stretch to do if you are able to lie down on your back face up is to just starting by keeping both knees bent and both feet on the ground, just kick one leg up in the air and just gently grab behind whatever you can grab behind. For some people, it could be your Achilles. For some people, it could be your calf. For some people, it's your knee. For some people, you're still grabbing behind your hamstring. The more flexible you are, the higher up you'll be able to grab. The goal is to actually not lock out the leg too straight. You do not necessarily need to contract the quad so much. It can You can have a soft bend in the knee and that's totally fine. So that's a hamstring stretch. Um, when you're lying down on the ground. This is the one that I prefer. I think this is the best and the safest and the most effective stretch. However, that being said, oftentimes we finish a workout and we don't have anywhere to lie down. Like if you're on a run or if you have just finished a class and you're doing standing stretches. If um, you're in a pile of garbage. If you're in a pile of garbage. And sometimes I just don't like it when my hair touches the ground. Right. Fair. <laughs> Unless I have a towel behind me. Right. I know. And if I don't have access to a towel, you can bet your butt I'm doing standing stretches. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys are finding out the inner workings of my of my brain. So the next best thing to do is to do a, um, a, kneeling, uh, a kneeling hamstring stretch. So for this hamstring stretch, and this is what I have my, a lot of my – what I do at the end of a lot of my fitness classes if we don't have time to lie down on our backs. Imagine yourself um, – uh, standing on both knees and then just kind of extending one leg out straight in front of you and then just bending over very gently you'll feel that you can also do the exact same thing in a chair so we can do chair hamstring stretches so Joanna and I we're sitting right now you can even extend one leg out and then just kind of lean forward oh that feels really good it does yeah that feels really good and then the next stretches are seated ones where if you are seated these were the ones that I um these were the ones that I described at the beginning where um, uh, you always see people just like sitting and then they, they reach one leg out and they're trying to reach their toes on that one leg. You can do that, but at the end of, you can do that, but at the end of the workout. Yeah. And that looks like either like what I think of from childhood is like a straddle stretch mm -hmm. or like you have one foot in and one foot to the side and you're yeah. like leaning out. And then a lot of, there's some... There is some debate as to these standing stretches. Um, the standing stretches that I like to do, I have a few. Uh, in the dance world, it was always very comfortable for me to just like widen my legs and then to just like plop down and put my hands on the ground. But I've learned in the personal training world in my like many years of doing this that um, I've learned that that actually feels uncomfortable for a lot of people's lower backs. Mm. It doesn't feel uncomfortable on mine mm -hmm. at all probably not yours either 
But um, I realize that for a lot of people, they that like they don't like that, and a lot of physical therapists don't recommend that. Hmm. But I feel like if that stretch feels good for you, then stick with that one mm-hmm. for a standing stretch. Another thing to do is I like to cr- um, cross my feet so that one foot is over the other, and then I keep a soft bend in the front knee and my back leg is straight, and then I just kind of roll down, and then I feel the stretch in the back of the thigh. So these are all hamstring stretches where we tackle those three muscle groups that make up the hamstring that make up the hamstring awesome Mm -hmm. how about foam rolling foam rolling foam rolling the hamstring is not as tricky as one might think so to foam roll the hamstring here's what i recommend it's really easy to foam roll the glutes it's really easy to foam roll the quads the hamstrings are a little trickier and that the positioning is a little bit trickier so here's what i recommend Joanna, I'm just gonna visual, I'm just gonna pretend to you through this. Great. Okay, so pretend Joanna's sitting on the ground. I'm sitting she on the ground. She has a big foam roller. I do. And she places it underneath both of her thighs. Great. But your butt is still on the ground. Okay. Okay. All right. So the foam roller is pretty pretty close to my butt. It's close to your butt. Because my thighs are close to my butt. Because your thighs are close to your butt. Sure, sure. But the goal is to kind of keep your butt close to the ground. Uh huh. And now from here, what I recommend is just using like nudging. Just nudge your body up and down while still keeping your butt on the ground. Another thing, cross one leg over the other, and then you can explore continuing just rolling your body up and down, up and down, the outside of the hamstring, the middle of the hamstring, angle your leg in and get the inside of the hamstring. And another thing I do want to stress is that Sometimes when you do push your butt up into the air, yes, you'll be able to roll bigger up and down the entire length of the hamstring, but I have noticed that sometimes when you push your butt up into the air, all of a sudden now your legs are totally contracted. Your yeah. legs are straight and they're locked out. So how's the, the, how is the foam roller going to get into the hamstring? So here's my way of combating that. I love doing cross-fibering. Cross-fibering is when you roll against the grain of the muscle. So in addition to, yes, rolling up and down the length of your hamstring muscle, kind of up and down, nudging your butt up and down, using your hands to help, you could just sit your butt on the ground and just move your thigh in and out, like rotate your whole leg in and out and in and out, and we're going against the grain of the muscle fiber. So you're basically like rolling the short way instead of the long way. Exactly. Rolling almost horizontally instead of vertically, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And foam rolling the hamstrings is very pleasant. I'm like kind of craving it right now. Very pleasant. (laughs) Whatever. Pleasant in my my book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to say about the hamstrings? Yeah. So in terms of the hamstrings, keeping the hamstrings happy is, is one of the most important aspects to overall body wellness and to overall pain reduction. Um, keeping the hamstrings flexible so that they are not so tight that they just snap at the drop of a hat. Keeping them strong so that they can bear load when you um, are doing physical activity. And keeping them strong so that when you are seated for long periods of time, they don't get overstretched and overpulled and, and strained and weak. Um, so keeping the hamstrings strong is very critical and doing these exercises, viewing them as corrective restorative exercises, and they just happen to, you know, totally work the entire back of your thigh. But um, always warm up before, always warm up your hamstrings before a workout, stretch your hamstrings after a, a workout, and you can foam roll your hamstrings all the time. Awesome. I don't even need to do a takeaway. You just did it for oh, me. Yay. That's your takeaway, guys. 
Um, uh, thanks for telling us about the hamstrings, Daphne. Anytime. This is a segment called What Your Trainer Eats, where we talk to Daphne, a personal trainer, about things that she eats in real life. This is uh, something that I saw on your Instagram, and it looked amazing. It's a cherry smoothie. Sign me up. So good. It's so delicious. So I am all, I'm back into smoothies. I was not really into them for a couple months because well, of it was winter. <laughs> but now it's summertime. Yeah. And now it's summertime, and I am Vita mixing it up. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, once again, talking about, like, seasonally what foods we crave. Listen to your body. Like, in the winter, I want, like, eggs and warm, like, salty things. And, and then in the summers, I have been loving smoothies. I've been experimenting with a lot of recipes. I've been experimenting with coconut milk as well. So this smoothie, I call this my luscious cherry smoothie. And it's um, really full of wonderful anti-inflammatory compounds because dark cherries, which are so easy to come across, you just buy them frozen in bags anywhere, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, any grocery store has frozen cherries. And they are so much more interesting than any other frozen berry, <laughs> but they have huge anti-inflammatory effects. So they bring down inflammation in the body. When we bring down inflammation in the body, we function more optimally as a whole. So this smoothie is full of protein, healthy fats, uh, fiber, and lots of anti-inflammatory things. So what you do is you get a can of full fat coconut milk and it has yeah. to be full fat because remember fat and food does not equal fat on your body. Um, so it has to be just the purest form of coconut milk because I guarantee you, if you go and you get that light coconut milk crap, it's, um, just check the ingredients. The light coconut milk has 18 ingredients and the regular full fat coconut milk has one ingredient and that ingredient is coconut. <laughs> so you do a whole can of coconut milk and then you um, do a whole tablespoon of chia seeds. I also like to add flax seeds too and these are things that provide a lot of really great healthy fats. And then I've been super into collagen lately and so I use a vanilla collagen protein powder and collagen is really great for your hair and your skin and your nails and it promotes their, their health. And what I do is I also throw in some raw cashews for um, more protein. And then, oh, and then of course, the, the, a cup of frozen dark cherries, which don't have pits in them. And then I add frozen banana because that is just what gives it the texture. And then of course you can add some ice too. I, I add about six ice cubes to this and that doesn't dilute the flavor at all. And you just Vitamix it away and it turns it into this like dark pink, luscious, wonderful smoothie. And it's delicious. It makes about two servings, I would say. So you can either kind of sip on it throughout the day or have some of it first and then have, or, or, or who cares? Just eat. Serving sizes don't mean anything anymore. Like, I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, essentially everyone has different needs. And yeah. so, like, for me, um, this and it's like a tall like it's a like my Vitamix was like full when I did this so for me I would probably have like half of what I made at some point in time and I'd probably drink the rest later on that day or mm -hmm. um or I'd save it for the next day or it, it depends on your physical activity levels that's something I really this is a whole another episode but anywho so um here's my another recommendation I have so this is my new tip for everyone 
who has been like making my smoothies and I learned something very important the other day and uh you know how smoothie bowls are so important or smoothie bowls are very popular now yeah I am going to urge everyone to eat your smoothie out of a bowl with a spoon Hmm. and here's my reasoning for it when we eat anything I've been learning so much about digestion in the like last few years when we eat foods food is supposed to hit our salivary glands first to start the breakdown of the food and digestion is so 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 critical so that our body absorbs the nutrients from these wonderful things that we eat like this smoothie so if we just suck this through a straw and it like barely passes our tongue and we taste some of it but we're just kind of inhaling it um the saliva is not touching the smoothie and therefore it may as well just be like okay like open stomach like insert smoothie and no digestive enzymes from the salivary glands have touched it yet makes the stomach work much harder makes the intestines work much harder so what i recommend is everyone drink your smoothies out of a bowl with a spoon you can even top it with some actual cherries and some dried coconut flakes or some almonds to give it texture and actually kind of like chew and taste your smoothie like let it get all over your teeth that was another thing too I was like inhaling drinks all the time because I never wanted them to touch my teeth. Um, And I just had to get over that (laughs) because now I know like your salivary glands really need to touch every morsel of food. So that's my luscious cherry breakfast smoothie or that you can have at any time of day. It's delicious. Eat it out of a bowl with a spoon. Awesome. And that's what your trainer eats. Thanks, Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to become a patron, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Just One More Podcast, or you can email us at info at Just One More Podcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. That is the. Dun, 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 dun. That is called the. <laughs> Wait, rewind. <laughs> I rehearsed all of this, like leading into this, Aww. because I wanted to be able to say everything correctly. Okay, so. <laughs> we might have to edit this That's out. That's fine. Semi membranous. All right.